Welcome to a Veterans Drinking Vodka production of Article 15. At Article 15, we're working to raising awareness and ending the 22 veterans who commit suicide every day. We talk to everyday veterans about everyday issues. This week, we're talking to me. United States Navy, 19 years, Bosun made first class Ryan Brazel. It's a lot when you think about it, 19 years. I remember uh, the day my parents took me to to um, my recruiter, Cedric Atkins. He was an EM3 at the time, uh, electrician's mate, third class. He's a, a senior chief now, still in. But uh, it was a Tuesday, April 17th, 2002, day that changed my life for the better. Definitely for the better. Um, I have five trips to the Middle East, two uh, small boats to the Northern Arabian Gulf, two boots on ground in Iraq, and one to Oman. People that I have served with have passed away, have died. I have friends that I've known for years that have committed suicide. And as I said in my intro, this podcast is to raise awareness of the 22 and to help bring an end. The way that this podcast is what I'm hoping that it brings an end to the 22 a day is by letting other veterans know that they are not alone in their struggles. They are not by themselves. If you are hearing this podcast, You've served in our military. Whether you're a combat veteran or not, your story matters. You might not be exactly like me. You might not have come from the same area as me. You might not have seen the same stuff as me, same combat as anybody else. You you are not alone. You are not the only one. There are hundreds of thousands of veterans out there who are looking to help you from the VFW to the American Legion to these non-for-profit organizations like the Headstrong Project that I advocate for. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to have bad days, but we have to remember that we have bad days. We don't have bad lives. We're also live on my TikTok So if you guys are on the TikTok and you see me, you guys are actually uh, able to ask the little questions and stuff like that. So getting into the actual podcast here, you know, we normally go on about our veteran lives. So getting into my veteran life, like I said, I did five years active duty. I did two tours, uh, small boat ops, Northern Arabian Gulf with the USS Higgins, USS John Paul Jones. I am a bosunmate first class. Uh, I still serve currently in the Navy Reserves. I have three more years to go before I fully retire from my military career. I got out in 06. 
uh, active duty. And uh, it was just the end of 06, beginning of 07 when I got out. And uh, and I, I got to tell you guys, for, for those who don't know, for those who never served, you know, you'd think that it's going to be this big celebration, this big relief of life, this, this, you know, accelerated program to where you're going to be living the life that you wanted to live. And it's not that, not even close, not even like a, a, a glimmer of that. It is, here's your DD-214, which is the paperwork you get when you exit the military. Um, they give you that, you turn in your military ID and they say, have a nice day. And that's the end of it. There is no big bash, big party, big crying ceremony, anything like that. There's nothing like that. It's just, here's your paperwork. Have a nice day. Are you talking to veterans? I am talking. Uh, I was asked this on my TikTok. I am actually just interviewing myself for today. It is my intro. I was supposed to do one <laughs> when I first started the podcast and I didn't. So now um, this podcast is made uh, a lot for veterans, but it's also for civilians who are looking to understand possible veterans in their lives. Um, this is veterans sharing their life experience uh, after taking the uniform off. So like I said, uh, I thought to myself, because I was stationed out in God's country, San Diego, where it's freaking amazing and beautiful. And I thought, I'm going to go back to Chicago. I'm I'm going to go back to Chicago and it's going to be awesome because Chicago is great. Chicago is wonderful. It's got the best food. I got all my friends there. I got my family there. This is how I'm going to live my life. And it's going to be awesome. Little did I know that I was a moron and I had absolutely nothing set up for myself. I thought I was going to go to school and everything was going to be fine. And no, it, it wasn't. Um, I got back. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Um, it was like I was just left out into space. Now, I'm not putting this on the military. That's my fault. I was not prepared to leave the military. The guaranteed Monday to Friday with the occasional weekend work, which was just about every other weekend, but the guaranteed first and 15th paycheck, I left it all. And I, th I thought that I was making the right decision. And it just... It, 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 I had nothing planned out. So I wound up doing exactly what a lot of other military guys wind up doing, um, going into like security work or construction work or something like that. And nothing was panning out. And I was miserable. I was in a huge depression. Uh, I, I was drinking heavily. It was, I, I was spiraled out of control because I was left out into this, um, this gray areas, the ways that I put it, it's just like you're left out in outer space. Right. And they tell you, find your direction. And you're like, what the fuck? I, I have absolutely no, no idea what's up, what's down, where to go, how to do this. Um, and this is where I find a lot of veterans lose their way is that, you know, they they had a strict regiment every single day. You had your plan of the day, the POD. You had your POD and you needed to go by that POD. And if you even skewed from that POD, you're able to look back at that. And you're like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what my platoon's doing. This is what my unit's up to. This is what my division is going on about. This is what we're supposed to be doing today. We have this specific training. We have 13-week plans even set up for maintenance. There's plans for the plans. When we 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 have briefs that we have to go to. We have briefs to brief the brief. And then we have debriefs. And then there's brief to the debriefs. And there's debriefs to the debriefs. 
And then when all that's done, we do an overhead brief of make sure that everything's going on. And it, it's, we, we, we make fun of it in the military and it, it is hysterical. It, it's ridiculous, you know? Um, but we, 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 we really need it sometimes. So there I am in this outer space lifestyle of don't know if I'm going in the right direction even. I just know my dad keeps telling me like, hey, if you this job ain't working out, we here, let's go get this job. Hey, let's go do this job. And all I want to do is just be left alone. I want nobody around me. I don't want anybody around me. I don't want family or friends around me. I don't want any of that. I'm, I'm just going to a bar and I'm drinking. And I know that that's what I know I want to do. And some of my TikTok members are telling me that they felt the same exact way. And it, it's hard. It, it was, and, and you're, you're right there in that moment and you're not thinking anything of it. Cause a lot of the times the guys who are getting out of the military are about 23 to 25 years old and they think they have everything planned and we don't, you know, some guys do, some guys have a great setup. Uh, they're going to go to college, which is awesome. You know, I, I highly recommend trying to go back to school and getting your degree. If it's not for you, shit, it's not for you. It's not for everybody. College isn't that for everybody. I don't have a problem with that. If you want to go into the um, the trades, the trades are an amazing thing. My 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 brothers, my uncles, my aunts, they were they were all trades. It, it just wasn't panning out for me. So I wound up uh, going back to the reserves uh, in January of 07. I got picked back up into the reserves and then. <laughs> I, I get to my unit. Uh, it was NCHB seven. Great guys were there. Great people. Great people. But uh, I showed up on a, an off drill weekend. If you don't know what that means, you have your Alpha weekend, your Bravo weekend. Alpha weekend is normally earlier in the month. Bravo weekend is normally later in the month. So we were Bravo. I believe we were Bravo. Uh, whatever. I, I showed up on the wrong weekend, and there was a YN one. John Rush was there, and if he ever hears this, that son of a bitch saved my life. I showed up and he starts yelling at me right away. I'm only an E4. I was a BM3 at the time, brand new to the reserves. And he's going off. I'm mean, oh shit, here we go. It's it's starting all over again. And uh I I the, the only units that I had put in for was Road of Spain. So I thought I was gonna out outsmart the the Navy and only put in for Road of Spain. So they'll have to give that to me. I'm not gonna put in for anything else. Little that I know I'm still an idiot. So I wound up with NCHB seven, great group of people, uh, Navy cargo handling battalion seven. And, uh, I asked him, I was like, so what's going on? Can you just give me a spiel of what's happening? He's like, Oh, y'all are deploying. I was like, we're going to Rota. Like I know what a deployment in the active duty was, but I didn't know what a deployment in the reserves was. So I figured <laughs> we were going to Rota, Spain. He said, Rota, y'all going to Kuwait, brother. I'm like, is that by Rota? He looked at me like, dude, I can't even mess with you right now. I feel so bad. He's like, but don't worry, man. I'm going to take care of you. And he did. He had my six until the day he uh, he left our unit. And uh, good man. I, I I was proud to serve with him. Um, but we wound up. I thought that I was going to go just be going to Kuwait. So I was like, all right, cool. We're going to be going to Kuwait, whatever. I don't know anything about Kuwait. Um and then I come to find out that I'm going to be part of a unit that's going to Iraq, which I had absolutely no idea what to what to expect on any. I, I had no clue what I was getting into. Uh, so I wound up drinking even heavier. At one point, I found out that I was going to Iraq. It was this all happened in one weekend. I lost my job as a 
sheet metal union worker, I didn't pass the exams that um, that they uh, they give at the the schooling. So I was let go. So I lost that job and I broke up with my girlfriend all in one weekend. So, yeah, I know it sounds like a boohoo, you know, big deal, you know, get over it. But for somebody who was only, how old was I? I think I was 24 at the time and I had absolutely no idea what I was going to be doing. So that became pretty rough for me. So, yeah, drinking became, again, my best friend. Uh, left for Iraq and uh, good people out there came home. And, you know, when, when I came home from my active duty, my family said, man, you're different. I said, okay, I don't, I don't know what you're getting at, but okay, I'm different. And I met some friends between when I got home from active duty and Iraq. And when I got home from Iraq, those people said, man, you're different. I said, what do you mean I'm different? And they're like, I don't know, something about you. You're different, dude. You're not the same anymore. Okay. I was lucky enough to meet my wife when I got home in September of uh, 2009. And uh, we wound up getting engaged the following year. And then I got orders for 13 months back to Iraq. So now that was going to be uh, 2011, 2012. The mission was closing down the bases uh, for the big Iraq drawdown. And we, um, when I got home, my wife told me that I was different. So each time that I left home, I I was told I was different by new people who had never known me the prior to. So for those who deploy and you think that everything is still the same, everything changes. Everything changes. The world goes on without you. And that's a hard hard fact to figure out. That's a, what they put it, the hard pill to swallow that everybody changes while you're gone and you change. You don't see it, but you change. And things are different when you get home. People are different. Lives are changed. Weddings, deaths, births, birthdays, holidays, all that. You've missed events. You're not up to date on everything anymore. And it changes you. Whether it's good or bad, you've changed. So 2012, I got home. The wife uh, and I, we wound up having a big, big marriage. We we got married through the courts before I left. And then we had our big hoopla wedding uh, in September of 2012. And then um, we had our first child, my daughter, Molly. Uh, in November of 2013, and then uh, I wound up. It was 2016, I believe. I wound up getting orders in 2016. Yes, it was 2016 to go back out to the Middle East, and uh, we found out then when I landed uh, in the Middle East, my wife was pregnant with twins, my twin boys. Yeah, it, it, it's been different ever since then. So life has changed uh, significantly. In between all these different periods, though, there has been a large consumption of alcohol. Though trying to get my life in order um, all at the same time, I've, I've gone to college. I've gotten my degree in exercise science. Yes, it is a made-up degree. I'll agree to that. 
I've done personal training. I've done, you know, tried to make the reserves a career thing. You, you feel lost and you, you, you walk around with this DD 214 thinking it's going to do something for you. And it doesn't, it, it looks good on a resume, but unless you're able to use whatever you had in the military and write it down on a piece of paper for something that that job needs you for, it's not going to do you any good. Going from place to place, job to job, I, I, I seriously was a busboy on a booze cruise as, a, as an adult male. Um, I was a grocery cart getter. I, I was like 30 years old doing this job at Home Depot. And I just knew that I, I'm, I'm supposed to be destined for something better than this. I knew this in my life, that I, I, this is not where I was supposed to be. And I had to fight for everything that I wound up getting here in life now. And now, I mean, seven years later, after struggling with my wife, I mean, we, we looked at my, my car was repoed at one point, my house, there was people taking pictures of my house because my house was going to be foreclosed on because we couldn't make our payments. We were so far in debt. I finally wound up getting a break in getting my job for the police department. And we, we've done nothing but move forward from there. My journey with this number of 22, for those who don't know, 22 veterans commit suicide every single day. We lose more veterans in one year to suicide than we have lost in active members or, um, sorry, in KIAs in both the Afghan and Iraq war combined since the beginning, since 2001 to today, we have lost more veterans in one year to suicide than we have lost in these two conflicts, the two longest conflicts in U.S. history. I started with uh, the marches doing the 22 miles from Glencoe, Illinois to Navy Pier. I didn't, I didn't really know what, what to think of it or anything. I just knew that I wanted to help. I, I wanted to do something. I, I was missing that camaraderie again. I started this, I think I started doing these in like 2010. It was the Memorial Day weekend, Friday prior to Memorial Day weekend. Um, the Windy City veterans would always host it. And like I said, we start in Glencoe. We marched through uh, from the north side all the way down to Navy Pier. And I met some really wonderful people along the way. I did it three years in a row. And then, uh, like I said, I got picked up by a police department. And I wasn't able to do it anymore because it, I had to work. In 2018, I was in a police-involved incident in which my actual body was hit by a car. An offender was trying to flee a scene. And uh, what's up, buddy? You want to watch something else? Uh, yeah, go ahead and watch whatever you want. But what are you guys going to watch? Uh, maybe. I don't know. You don't know? Maybe the monster truck finger. The monster truck thing? Yeah. This is everyday life. You know, um, this, <laughs> that, that was my son, Charles, Charlie. Charlie the Chunk. Not to not to end where I was at, but to kind of touch another subject that I know a lot of veterans are finding it hard with their parenting. And it, it, it takes day by day, man. Day by day for each parent. 
even people who are just parents and never served. It's day by day. They, they have no boundaries. They don't understand boundaries. They don't understand space. They don't understand any of that. Not yet. Uh, you know, my PTSD kicks off with him, especially him jumping and screaming and slamming doors and all that stuff. And I have to remember, and I've, I've talked numerous times about this, that he's four. He is a four-year-old boy and he didn't sign up for any of this. And he deserves to be able to be a four-year-old boy. My daughter deserves to be a seven-year-old girl. And I have to figure out my issues. It's not their issues. It's my issues that I have to figure out here. Getting back to my marches. I uh, did the rock marches. Good name. Yeah. Um, so in 2018, like I said, I was in a police-involved incident in which my actual body was struck by a vehicle of an offender fleeing a scene. To be able to go back to full duty, uniform duty with the uh, the police department, I had to go and see a mental health professional. This mental health professional introduced me to an organization called the Headstrong Project. The Headstrong Project is an organization, non-for-profit, based out of New York. They get the uh, post 9-11 veterans, the mental health that they need at no cost to the veteran or the veteran's family. This is definitely a plug for uh, the Headstrong Project. I, I love and believe in this organization wholeheartedly. Um, I believe they're in about 13 or 14 states only, uh, major metropolitan areas for the most part. How this works is you call them, you let them know who you are. They give you a quick like shoot uh piece of paper q a like they'll answer ask you questions and write it down what they do is they they set you up with their regional uh qualifier i guess is the way to put it uh which is a therapist and you go and see that person they ask you they ask you the questions you know what did you do what did you see where were you at what you know whatever it is to make sure that you qualify uh, to be part of or to be a recipient for them and then you can choose from a list of mental health professionals that they have. Or like for me, I was already seeing somebody who was qualified for that, my, my therapist. And I was like, I'll just stay with her. So they allowed that. I have not seen a piece of paper. I have not signed up on anything. I have not written anything. I have, I've not seen a receipt, anything. I have not seen anything. All I have to do is contact my therapist, schedule a date. That's it. And I just talk with her once a week. I get to kind of talk to her about family life, work life. She was a prior Chicago police. So she gets my police life and the veteran life. She talks with other veterans. The great part about this organization is that it's recognized by the VA. So what that means is if the veteran has not yet been able to file for a claim, this organization is already recognized by the VA. So any of her notes can go over to the VA and they will take them and add them to your disability percentage. I saw my stuff was already set up probably about a week. I was good to go and see a mental health provider within a week of starting it within one week. Now tell me what the VA's is. It's different based on where you live at each VA is different, but I would say at least six months before you have an opportunity, we'll say on average, before you're able to see somebody. That's not an actual statistic or date. That's, that's me. And I'm saying it'll 
it would probably be one week or one or six months. So, so now I'm seeing her weekly, even with, um, the COVID and everything like that, we were still able to zoom meet. So it was still doing what I have to do. She works around my schedule and I work with her schedule. I know she gets this. She has to see a lot of people moving forward. I, I, I was still missing that camaraderie from my last time to the Middle East. That was uh, the crew we went over to Oman with was a really tight knit crew. Uh, good friends of mine. That's the other hard part about um, the Navy and uh, the reserves that my, my closest friends that out of the military are not even in my state. That's pretty hard for me. It kind of sucks. But in 2019, I said, I got to get back to it. I got to get back doing something for this 22. I have to raise money. I have to do something because I'm just sitting here, not, not doing enough. Um, so in, on November 2nd, 2019, I, I had stepped off from my house to do a 20-mile ruck march. I had invited people. People said they were going to train for it. People said they were going to do it. Nobody showed up. So 20 miles on my own. I don't recommend it. You get all up inside your head. The faces that you remember, that you hear the name, you know, the word suicide attached to start going off in your head. So I did that and I completed it. I raised money through Facebook uh, for the Headstrong organization. Uh, we raised, I, I raised about 1900 bucks. And I, I found out that Facebook takes, I think, like a piece of it. Not only that, but it's donated in Facebook's name, uh, which really sucks because now Facebook gets the write-off. I, like, I give a shit about a write-off, but I'm not trying to help their organization. I'm trying to help a non-for-profit organization. So I wound up joining the local VFW, and I had made the local newspaper uh, here in New Lenox, Illinois. Uh, so that's a south suburb of Chicago for anybody who doesn't know, southwest suburb. I made the local paper and uh, joined the VFW and the VFW post commander, Tim Terrell. He, uh, he, you know, brought me in. He's like, yeah, this is Ryan. He's looking to join. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just uh, doing that. And they're like, Ryan, are you, are you the, the kid who did the march? I was like, yeah, I did the march. Um, I did 20 miles. So like, dude, what, how come you didn't contact us? I was like, I did. I just gave you a heads up that I was doing it and that me and a bunch of rowdy motherfuckers are going to be meeting up at the VFW afterwards. And those rowdy motherfuckers are Tommy Russell and his crew from Canaryville, the bikers. We showed up there and we lit that motherfucker up. I couldn't walk for shit, but we, we had a great time. And they they were like, really? We, we, we would have loved to have donated. We would have loved to have done been part of it. Well, one of the guys pulls me to the side, John Forsythe. He was a Vietnam combat army veteran. He actually had, uh, I'm trying to think which number. He, he is on my podcast. We've done uh, an episode with him. He talks about his time coming back from Vietnam. But we did that. He, he wanted to know how what this march was about and how do we make it bigger. So uh, I told him exactly what it was and why I did it and how I went about it. And he's like, well, let's make it at a bigger platform. So moving forward, September, uh, uh, September 19th of 2020, even in the face of COVID, we still did the march. We had um, a good amount, a good sized crowd that came out to march with us. We had a 20 mile and a 10 mile. I think four guys did the 20. I had to do the 10 because we needed somebody to guide the other people who've never done ruck marches before. Um, and my buddy Vince uh, Wainwright, he flew in from LA area to march with me. 
which was um, just a godsend to have him in the area, man. He's, he's one of my best friends. So we do the March, you know, they have the after party uh, and everything. People are handing me envelopes filled with cash, filled with checks, filled with all this stuff. Just keep handing me stuff. And I'm like, I don't want any part of this money. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like cash around me like that. They wound up giving me the tally at the end of it. And, and the VFW chipped in a good amount to kind of even it off the top. But we wound up raising $15,000, which, I mean, the year prior, I raised $1,900. I didn't have a goal. This year, or 2020, our goal was to raise $2,000 just to at least beat what we had before. And we, we the, the amount of people who donated to businesses, I was... I was stopped by the VFW on Friday night, the Friday night, I think it was a Friday night prior to, or something like that. They had live music going and, you know, I just asked if I could put out the information and people were just handing money over. And, and just that night, just, just one random night that I was in there, we raised over $400 just from people who are sitting at the bar. Everybody wants to help veterans. They just don't know where to start. This year we're doing another one, 9-11, the 20th anniversary of of this conflict, of, of, of all this shit that happened. I've spent 20 years of my military career combat conflicts. It's unbelievable the people that I've met through these, these type of benefits, these veteran benefits, the Headstrong Project, the VFW, the American Legion. Just amazing people. Uh, you know, TikTok has been, I know it sounds so goofy saying that as an adult man, but I've met some amazing people here on TikTok. Um, Amanda and Amber, who are my producers, I, they, they, they found me on TikTok. You know, Chad with Battle 22, Fiegel with um, Recall Roster, Nightmare Soldier, he's got his crew rolling, uh, Battle Buddies response team. All these, all these different AWOL anglers, you know, Eddie with Tackle 22 Fishing, man, these guys, these people who are just out here, a lot of them are veterans. Actually, all the people that I just named are veterans, and they're all starting something because they know, they know that feeling when you're, when you're. You could be in the middle of a crowded room. You could be in the middle of the biggest party in the world and you feel completely alone. You have nobody to talk to. Nobody who speaks your language. Nobody knows what you went through or what you're dealing with. And you can't tell them because they don't get it. You get tired of the day to day. Go to work, come home, sit in your basement, for those who can be in a home, trying to figure out who you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to do. You got to find your vets, however you got to find them. And don't think that just because you're like a, a member on a Facebook group or whatever it is, it's not the same. It is not the same as being face to face with another veteran, somebody who can sit there, you know, and and you guys just talk to each other and vent and let all that shit out, man. That's what that's what this podcast is about, Article 15. So that you're if you're a veteran and you're in, we'll say fucking South Dakota, 
you know, obviously not largely populated, not a whole lot of people are out that way, but know that you're not alone. There are other people out there just like you that have their problems. And we are here to listen to you. Get in touch with your local VFW. Get in touch with your local American Legion. Get in touch with your local veterans crew. You don't have to be military or militant. You don't have to cut your hair. You don't have to shave your beard. You don't have to do any of that shit. You can keep your beard, your tattoos, your piercings, whatever the fuck. If you're, you, you served your country, man. It should not be so fucking hard. You know, it's funny you always hear about them at the NFL games or the whatever other fucking games. These veterans or this service member, you, your publicity stunt, whatever the fuck you make out of us. You want to do something. You want to change the life of a veteran. Go to the VA hospitals. Volunteer your time. Get that fucking place back in shape. They need volunteers. They need people to help. They need people to get that place back together. If you really want to make a difference, you can, you can impact hundreds of thousands of soldiers, Marines, airmen, sailors. People who really need the fucking help. Get that fucking place in order. Talk to your congressman. Talk to your state rep. Talk to somebody and tell them to get that fucking place back in order. Place is a fucking joke. You don't get to hear about all the fucking guys who sit in there. And just wait. Hurry up and wait. Waiting for medications for them to shove down your throat to just get rid of you. And then when the medication runs out, what do you get? You go out into the fucking street. You go get yourself opioids. You go get yourself some fucking whatever heroin that you can buy. Get strung out on heroin. Lose all your fucking money. Lose your wife. Lose your kids. Lose everything. You're sitting on a fucking streets homeless. Guess what's the best fucking answer? I'm tired of seeing my veterans. Treated like shit. When I watch these guys who are homeless, who who can't hold a job because of their mental state, they can't they can't even work because of some of them in such fucking pain. I got a friend, my friend Chris, who had such immense back pain from an incident that he was in, which is Humvee took a bad hit. His back hurt him so badly that he couldn't work, but Trying to get a VA claim was ridiculous. And he just has to sit there and deal with back pain until the VA can get around to him. Marines whose surgeries are botched, in which they are left paralyzed, but they can't do anything about it. Veterans have been fighting for their rights for decades now. If you guys want to help, volunteer at VAs. Volunteer your time for a local veteran, a World War II vet, Vietnam vet, Korean vet, Afghan, Iraq, any of these veterans, Desert Storm, you know, Kosovo. There, there, there's so many conflicts that we've conflicts, they call them now, that we've been a part of. And we have veterans from spend time with them. It makes a world of difference. If you're able to, if you're going to be in the Illinois area or the Chicagoland area on September 11th of uh, 2021, the 20th anniversary of 9-11, we are going to be stepping off from the commons area of New Lenox, Illinois. And we're going to be doing, uh, they're going to have a 20-mile march, a 10-mile march, I think maybe a five-mile even. But, and then there's going to be a party back at the VFW afterwards. My veterans are my heroes. The guys who did sign up, 
the, the men and women, I mean guys in general. So the men and women who did sign their name, not say, oh, I almost joined. Or I, I would join, but I can't stand people yelling at me. The ones who did it, whether you you are the 0300, 11 Bravo, whatever, grunts to to the admin. My buddy Mac said it, you know, although infantry is the tip of the spear, the tip doesn't do much without the rest of it. They don't go anywhere unless admin gives them the paperwork to go. We've all served. It It's okay to go and ask for help. That's my story. For what it's worth, some of the organizations that, you know, guys that I talked to that I met up on TikTok, you know, Tackle 22 Fishing, they're in Georgia. Uh, he takes people fishing. Again, I got to get Eddie on here uh, to talk to him because he has an amazing story about why he does this. Uh, but he takes people out onto his fishing boat, takes you fishing. It's pretty amazing. The recall roster with uh, Fiegel, he's out of Tennessee. Uh, he started this recall roster in which it it gets veterans to help each other. You know, one veteran, so myself, I get overwhelmed sometimes with the amount of messages I get on TikTok or things I get tagged in or emails or phone calls or whatever. It, it becomes overwhelming and it burns us out. And he came up with a brilliant way to, you know, somebody's able to just put out there into the universe, hey, man, I'm having a bad day. And other veterans are able to respond to that that vet and, you know, like try and reach out to them and make sure they're all right. The Veterans Drink of Vodka organization, they're pretty wonderful. Uh, that's Amanda and Amber. Amanda is, she's a nomad now. Uh, she is RVing it across the United States. I'm a little jealous. Uh, and Amber is in Texas, as most of our <laughs> most of our military comes from. They have a wonderful organization. On Sunday nights, they host a Zoom meeting just like this one, uh, in which anybody, you know, if you're military, we even have a couple of non-military people come in. They get a little frightened. And we, I could understand we're a little overbearing as veterans. Uh, but we do Zoom meetings, and we're all able to see each other, talk to each other. It's pretty cool. AWOL Anglers, I believe, are out of New Mexico. Uh, Battle Buddy Response Team is Virginia area. Battle Buddy Response Team is pretty cool. If you know a veteran who is in need of help, you know, work on their house or something like that, they show up. Sam's a pretty good dude. I'm trying to think of the other organizations. They've been pretty amazing. Scott Kraus is it one I'm being talked to. Uh, started Veterans Hands in Texas. Okay. He gets veterans off the street. And brings them to his farm. That's pretty awesome. I'm seeing that more and more. Uh, people doing agricultural stuff. I have some friends just south of me here. Uh, Chris and his wife. Uh, they just bought five acres. They're looking to do the same stuff. It's been pretty amazing meeting a lot of these people. I, I know that I'm missing some. And I'm very sorry if, if you guys hear this. Uh, I can't remember some of the other ones off the top of my head. Uh, oh, the Northwest Battle Buddies is... Um, they just brought that up. Sergeant Miller, who was my uh, podcast that dropped uh, most recently, talked about them. They get veterans, the service dogs, uh, which is pretty awesome. I believe they're based out of Washington. Pretty cool. Uh, he was telling me it was a $25,000 service dog. I was like, I want a $25,000 service dog. That'd be awesome. They Okay, so he's telling me that they bought a abandoned airfield and they turned it into a veteran's refuge. That's pretty sick, man. That's pretty awesome. And then, you know, you always have the VFW. You always have the American Legion. I I, I I, get texts and comments and 
uh, tags and all these things about these veterans who are homeless or are looking for work now or something like that, go to your local VFW. If you if you come across a veteran who says, I'm looking for work or I'm looking for Send them to a local VFW, send them to a local American Legion. A lot of the times the guys that are there that aren't even veterans are contractors or carpenters or something like that and can use an extra hand at something, can put a couple of extra dollars in that person's pocket for that time being at least until they can find something out. They can get afloat. If they are hungry, send them to the local churches, ask them to go to the local churches and see if they can't get food from the food bank. I don't give money. I do not give money. I I I've been burnt. I've been, uh, I, I just, I don't do it. Um, I will help you all day long. My time is a lot more precious than my money. Uh, and I'll give you that, but I, I can't give you money. I, I don't have any, sorry, but that is mine. Uh, not many questions came. I don't think I get many questions from the live. I'm not seeing any. Yeah. I'm not seeing any questions from the live. Just a lot of support. I appreciate your guys' support. That'll be ending it here. This will be a bonus track. That's what I'm going to go with. I'm just going to have uh, talk with my, if you guys are looking for merch to buy, merch link in bio. Uh, check out our website, veteransdrinkingvodka.com. Uh, you guys can check out the Veterans Drink of Vodka podcast, which uh, is Amber and Amanda talking with uh, different still veterans. But we they talk a lot about their sea stories, as we call it in the Navy, you know, active duty time and stuff like that. I like to focus on the post. Thank you very much. Uh, so Rug 300 is uh, saying that they love what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. This is my therapy, talking with veterans, talking to myself. That just makes me crazy. But talking when I do have a veteran uh, ho- uh, guest on on the show, it it really uh, it's awesome to get to know these veterans. And I wish I could meet up with them. Oh, it's a pain in the ass. But if you guys want to uh, get receive the emails for Sunday nights, uh, it's Sunday night after hours with veterans drinking vodka. Again, it is a great group of vets. Uh, Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Air Force. We meet up Sunday nights about 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we just Zoom. It's a, just a Zoom meeting. It's it's a no-holds bar. Everybody's there joking around, talking. We we tackle some serious situations. We talk with people. And, uh, again, Rug 300 is a CB because they can do. They build. They fight. Uh CB man, 16 years, almost done. Well, God bless. I worked with the CBs at uh, ACB1. They are a tough crew, but they're as bad as the Marines. They complain about everything, and uh, but they work their asses off. So I, I have the utmost respect for my CBs. It's It's been a career for me, and I'm ready to hang up the uniform, sadly. And uh, this podcast, like I said, Veterans Drinking Vodka, if you want to receive the emails, please reach out to me or uh, – Amanda, she is veterans drinking vodka at what is it at gmail.com. And I am article 15 podcast. So it's article XV. So the Roman numeral 15. So article XV podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you guys can reach out to us at any time. If you would love to be on the show, I would love to host you. Article 15 podcast at gmail.com. And we can get set.
an interview set up for you so you could tell your story or if you know veterans that would like to tell their story please give them the info so that they can reach out this is the end of the podcast and i really appreciate all of you guys for joining me if you guys have any other questions please feel free to uh, contact me all right god bless